Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create and grow income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Are you tired of trading your time for money? Do you desire freedom today instead of retirement in 10, 20, or 30 years? I'm MC Lobsher, and this is the Cashflow Ninja. Hello, Cashflow Ninjas. MC Lobsher here, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today. In today's show, we're going to look at how to increase the value and returns of real estate investments through property management. My guest in this episode is Chad Gallagher. Chad is the co-founder and co-owner of Slatehouse Group. Slatehouse Group was founded in 2014 and manages over 4,000 units across Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland for investment owners with over 100 employees. Slatehouse also has a brokerage division in both New Jersey and Pennsylvania with 20 real estate agents that focus on working with investors to buy and sell real estate. Slatehouse also owns 200 units, a mix of single-family homes, office buildings, and multifamily unit buildings. Chad has raised $2 million as part of the Slatehouse syndication used to acquire $8 million in real estate. Chad contributes to the investor community as a writer for BiggerPockets.com, the leading real estate investor website. Previous to real estate, Chad led the Advertising.com mobile uh, network, which had $100 million in revenue and was acquired by Verizon as part of a larger acquisition. Chad graduated in 2006 from the University of Virginia with a degree in systems engineering and a minor in business. If you're interested in joining our investors group, you could go to cashflowninja.com forward slash investors group and fill out an application form and or email me at info cashflowninja.com to start the discussion to see if you're a good fit for our group. And if you're in the Philadelphia, Bucks County and Southern New Jersey area, we are hosting a live investors meetup event every month in Newtown, Pennsylvania. For more information on the monthly event and information on how to join us at our next live event, you could go to cashflowninja.com forward slash events. And I'm also speaking at the Multifamily Investor Nation Summit coming up on June 27th through to June 29th. It's a three-day information-packed event for multifamily investors with over 1,000 attendees and over 50 speakers. You'll hear from experts about finding deals, raising capital, underwriting strategies, selecting markets, and much, much more. To access the event, you could go to apartmentevent.com to grab your ticket and use promo code NINJA to get $100 off. If you are like many of the listeners of the show, you're always looking for unique ways to protect and grow your hard-earned capital. But sometimes, that's easier said than done. The key to investing late in the cycle is identifying favorable opportunities on a risk-adjusted basis. That's where our friends at ASIM Capital come in. Since 2011, ASIM has helped more than 300 accredited investors allocate more than $20 million to mobile home parks, cell storage, and workforce housing due to the ability to generate asymmetric returns while protecting their investors' portfolios. If you're interested in learning more, head over to asymcapital.com. That's A-S-Y-M capital.com to get instant access to their investment offerings. MC Lobshire, the host of the Cashflow Ninja podcast and also the president and chief wealth and investment strategist of Producers Wealth, where we help our clients integrate cashflow banking 
also known as Infinite Banking, with their business and investments. If you're interested in learning more about how we create strategies that integrate cash flow banking and investments to turbocharge them, you can access a video series at yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. Jed, welcome to the show. Oh man, this is awesome. I'm excited. Yeah, excited to have you on and uh, great to connect and, and meet in person. So I've, I've gotten a lot of value from our conversations and learned a lot from you. So I'm very excited to have you on the show today and share this conversation with my listeners. Before we jump into our conversation, um, can you share a little bit about your background and journey with my listeners? Yeah, sure. So I actually have an engineering background, uh, oddly enough. Uh, so I started out kind of like a tech background and then I went into actual digital advertising, uh, eventually running the mobile advertising business unit, um, for our company. Uh, and eventually that was acquired by Verizon. Um, and I learned a ton through that process. Uh, one thing I learned is it's really great to own a company <laughs> in that case, I didn't own it. Um, and so made, made a lot of people multimillionaires, uh, through some hard work there. Uh, but yeah, then I went from there and started to invest in real estate with um, my best friend growing up, uh, Nate. So when we were like six years old, we were friends playing baseball together and uh, decided to just do some light investing. It was meant to be a hobby, but uh, we kind of got addicted to it and started to kind of increase our portfolio and then reached a point where we wanted to hire a property management company and we interviewed some, didn't find anything we liked, so decided to kind of start our own. And that, which was originally kind of a side project, eventually became the focus of the company. And, uh, you know, now we're managing about 4,000 units across four states. And, uh, yeah, it's very exciting. Yeah, and such a key part, and this is one thing that we haven't really covered in depth on the show, and it's so important because if you look at some of the big investors, just their, their criteria at analyzing deals, you know, they look at project, they look at partners, they look at the team, but they look at the management of that asset and then the financing, the return of principal and cash flow and so forth comes in. So excited to jump into this topic today. Uh Property management is, uh, you know, when people look at that, they have a different perspective of what a property, property manager is, what they do, what they should be doing. Um, how would you describe the modern day property management company or manager's role? Yeah, so I'd say a couple of different things. I mean, one, I think clearly technology needs to be at the forefront of any property management company. Um, I think ideally the company is kind of ingrained in tech and also iterating quickly. Uh, we all know tech changes rapidly, whether that be first party tech that the company is producing or licensing different tech. Uh, I think that's very different from, you know, 10, 20 years ago, you might be able to run a property management company using nothing more than Microsoft Excel. Uh, right now, we use about 14 different technologies and also have built a couple ourselves. So uh, I think that's super key uh, to keep in mind. And then, and then the other item is just, I think the property management company starts becoming almost an advisor to the investor in a way that's a little broader than probably the narrow 
uh, view of a property manager. I think a lot of people think of the property manager as being someone who fixes sinks and evicts tenants. And look, that's that's definitely a part of the job, but there's a there's a broader view here, which is ultimately, I believe the prime management's role is to help the investor increase their net worth through real estate. And uh, that, when you think of it from that view, that encompasses a lot more things, ranging from helping to evaluate what asset to buy keeping you away from assets that, that maybe aren't good purchases um, all the way to just connecting you with other partners who could make a big difference in your life uh, all the way down to the nitty gritty of collecting rent and, and maintenance. Yeah. You make such a great point for, on the advisor side, because essentially what a property management company's role is, is they're asset managers. They're managing an asset just like, you know, just like a hedge fund manager that's in control of assets and managing assets. So that's an advisor. That should be a huge value add to your team. And by the way, uh, Chad, you just touched on it, uh, that they should be steering people away from certain things that they want to buy, right? And the point that I want to make there is this should be one of the first team members that you bring on. And this should be some of the first people that you talk to in any market that you're looking to enter because who knows um, what the market rents are, right? Who knows what properties are mismanaged? Who knows what, yeah. what properties have a ton of potential? The the value that a property manager can add just on the, in, in, on the front end in the buying process, it's just, it's, it's priceless because they have all the data right at their fingertips. They are in that market. They operate in that market and they know that market better than, than anyone else. Yeah. I'll give you just a very real example. I walked a property the other day in Trenton as a 20 unit building and on paper, that thing looked like a home run. Cash flow looked like it'd be great. Um, walked the building with our local Trenton team. And what I, I found out was is actually one of the worst streets in the city and uh, a major, major gang uh, violence area. And that turnover would be tremendous in that area, as well as the actual property was just not very well constructed. And so our guidance was very strong to this individual. Hey, this isn't the right property for you. Or, really, this isn't the right street. And, um, you, know, you know, just trying to help them understand if you bought this, what, what are some of the assumptions you're probably not making in this pro forma? And I think, you know, look, I mean, sometimes by not buying a property, you can really save someone a lot of money. And uh, the best part was, we, you know, a lot of that value you can actually get for free because, you know, oftentimes a prime mention company that's kind of your long-term partner may not even charge you for some of that uh, expertise and kind of local knowledge that can really help you either save or make a lot of money. Yeah, so on the lot of different uh, properties and have a lot of units, well, they they can, they can negotiate better deals for services that they would bring on, right? And the repairs and contracting and all that kind of stuff because eventually, on the bottom line, it saves the property owner's value uh, or, or money that increases the value of the property over the course of time. Yeah, that's right. And I think, I think that's why property management is so tough is because 
at its most simple level, you're collecting rent, you're finding tenants, but then there's this much deeper, you know, uh, item, which is both the strategy of, you know, what do you do with a property? Do you, um, you know, when there's a turnover, do you, re- do you replace it with carpet or hardwood floor? Right. And, and that's a great question for the prime management company, how that's going to increase rent, um, how much it's going to cost. So there's some, there's some nuances there that yes, ultimately the owner is making the decision, but I think, man, if that's done right, the prime management company really acts as that, that kind of advisor through the process to help you make those decisions. Uh, and then, and then for sure, I mean, we've all seen it where you walk a, a property and there's, there's five to six different approaches to, to fixing a problem. And uh, there's a lot of nuance there that's not quite as simple as just replace the water heater, right? Um, right. You know, leaky roof, right? I mean, I mean, roofs are great examples of, you know, I mean, I, I've seen quotes come back at $25,000 where it can be patched for three fifty. Right. right. And, you know, that's a, that's a tough decision. And then ultimately you just, you need someone who's kind of looking after your best interest, um, you know, to keep those, those costs down. And, and then in other times actually make the re- re- replacement because if you don't, you're going to be back again in, in a, in a month putting another patch on and that's not the right answer either. So it's not always just keeping the cost down. Sometimes you need to actually spend money for better returns as, as most investors know. Yeah, and then on the exit strategy too. So you've got the f- the front end where you you're in the acquisition phase. Then you have the management phase, obviously increasing the value of the asset. And then on the exit side, uh, property management companies and property managers know how to position a property properly. A lot of P's in there for you um, to sell <laughs> at the highest price that they can get. Right. Yeah, I think that's right. And I mean, I'll even go one step further. Many prime management companies, uh, if they're large enough, may even have connections to help you find a buyer. Uh, I mean, we have a we have a property right now. It's a 15 unit building. And uh, the current owners have told us that they'd be interested in selling. Um, it's not a fire sale opportunity, but um, and so we've started to pass that along to some of our investors, and, and, and it looks like we've got a buyer for them now. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's both, it's both positioning, but also understanding, you know, where is that market? And, and sometimes uh, property managers have a pretty good feel for who the, who the buyers are and who would be interested in a, in a specific asset. Yeah, who would be the right fit? So if listeners are talking to property managers, and again, this is for all types of real estate, because eventually, even if you have a single family house, you want to start getting a property manager involved as quickly as possible and run your numbers that way, just because of the overall value and the ability to scale, right? Because now you're not the person uh, working in your business, but you're working on growing your business. So what are some of the questions listeners can ask property management companies and prospective uh, yeah, uh, companies that they're looking to, uh, to do business with and bring on as part of their team? Yeah. So, I mean, I hit this on the, at the top of the show, but I think it's, it's worth mentioning again. I think, you know, look, the, the first question is probably on the tech front and understanding how does a property management company utilize tech? And, and that's really going deep and, and not just, you know, can a, can a tenant pay online and can the owner be paid through an ACH payment? But 
you know, how are you using digital advertising to get in front of potential tenants? Um, you know, how, how are you coordinating maintenance and doing that in a way that it happens as quickly as possible and things don't fall through the cracks? Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot in that tech bucket. And I think kind of drilling down there to feel, and what I always tell people is it, it's not just, do you feel comfortable today? But if you're making a choice for a prime management company, you're, you're probably hoping they're going to manage the, comp- the property for the next three, five, six years. And if that's the case, I can guarantee you over that time, new technology will be released that will start to be a game changer. And, and you want to be working with a company that can evolve. And so I think, look, I think that's a great, a great way to start the conversation is, is can your company evolve over the years and, and what are they doing today with tech? You're listening to The Cashflow Ninja, the show helping people all over the world create monthly cash flow and achieve freedom today, not in 10, 20, 30, and or 40 years. This is a show where cash is not king, but cash flow is king. We will be right back after a word from our sponsors. My friend Dave Zook from The Real Asset Investor says, you can be conventional or you can be wealthy. Pick one. The Real Asset Investor team creates value for investors looking for high-yield returns from multifamily apartments, ATM machines, and self-storage investments. Their syndications offer attractive investment opportunities that produce strong cash flow, equity growth, huge tax incentives. They are truly passive and managed by a world-class team. To learn more about the exciting investment opportunities the Real Asset Investor offers, such as their multifamily, ATM, and self storage syndications, please visit cashflowninja.com forward slash real asset investor. Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the United States. Our simple proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Learn how to find the best deals by downloading your free copy of The Ultimate Guide to Passive Real Estate Investing at noradarealestate.com. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com. You're listening to The Cashflow Ninja, the show helping people all over the world create monthly cash flow and achieve freedom today, not in 10, 20, 30, and or 40 years. This is the show where cash is not king, but cash flow is king. Now let's return to our interview. Big, A very big part of it. What are some uh, other property management mistakes that you see certain companies make um, and things that, you know, from a from a overall management perspective uh, that you that you see out there, yeah. So, I mean, one thing is, and this probably won't be super surprising, but I think that um, transparency is a big one. And so, I find that the more transparent the company is, typically that's a good sign because. Um, you know, I've, I've definitely seen those instances where someone was managing the property and they ran off with the rents or um, there was a disagreement. And, and a lot of time, a lot of those discussions really are centered around transparency. And so I think if there is really strong transparency, both from a tenant perspective and the owner perspective of how things are going to be done and in a, in a statement that can be checked each, each month properly, all the way through to receipts. 
I think that really helps um, just keep everyone kind of honest. Uh, that, that, you know, that's definitely one, one area I've seen run awry. Um, the, the second big one is placing tenants. And so, you know, there's a lot of pressure on a prime management company to fill a unit quickly. And so the, you know, one thing I've seen is sometimes people will then start placing tenants who maybe don't have the best credentials for that specific building. And so the long-term impacts of that can be really, really bad. Uh, you know, we, we took over a building where at the time it was a, it was a, it was a 75 unit building. Um, and the first month we were managing it, only 25 tenants actually paid rent. So, wow. uh, you know, that, that's, uh, I mean, you're on the verge of bankruptcy right there. Right. And, right. And so, you know, what the, what the prime management company, the old prime management company was doing is basically saying, look, we want this place filled. So anyone who can come in and pay first month's rent security deposit, will take them. And, th- and that, that feels good because now you've got a, a full building. The, the problem is, I mean, not only do you now have to work through an eviction process, which could take a couple of months, but even worse than that is that that tenant who you have to evict is going to do a ton of damage. Right. Uh, that the turnover cost would be so significant. So just being careful to not, not just take the easy way out uh, and, and work with the prime management company is just going to place anyone because the long-term impacts to that can, can really be disastrous to your, to your asset. Yeah. Such a great point. Uh, fogging a mirror should not be <laughs> the only criteria by which you bring in tenants to a building, right? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, yeah, and I, I get nervous. Anytime I see a, this is a, a strange one, but anytime I see a property management company who accepts cash, uh, it's going to sound sort of counterintuitive, but it makes me a little nervous. We, uh, we, we stop, I don't think we've ever really accepted cash, but it, the problem with accepting cash um, is it, it, it gets harder to trace all of the money trail and it's way easier for someone to pocket some money or even for a tenant to accuse someone of pocketing money. Right. Um, and so when everything is paid with a money order or an online payment, then if a tenant says, and, we, and we've had this happen where a tenant has says, look, I, I mailed it to you. You didn't, you just, didn't, you didn't get it. Then we say, okay, well, um, you have your money order receipt, you know, go back and just get it reissued, cancel your old one and we're good to go. And, and so that kind of eliminates this, uh, it just, because it, there's, you know, it eliminates any, any possibility of someone doing anything underhanded or, Maybe not even the company doing it. Maybe just the property manager, you know, taking $100 off that $800 payment. Uh, none of that can really happen when everything is, is kind of has a, has a trail to it. So I, I think that's kind of one of those like little secrets. It's like uh, uh, making sure the, uh, we're, we're just really against accepting cash. I think if you stay away from that, you can solve a lot of problems. Absolutely. Uh, you bring up a good point about aligning interest too, right? So, because um, obviously listeners might be thinking, well, fee structures out there, it's all relative and, and there's different things, right? So specifics is sometimes hard, but as a rule of thumb, what are some of the ways that interest can be aligned? Because this is such an important part of the overall uh, asset performance of having those interests aligned. 
Yeah. So a couple of different things, a couple of different approaches. Um, one approach uh, is, and that's kind of our main way that we structure our fees is having the, the fee be a percentage of revenue received. Um, we like that because then if, if the tenant doesn't pay, we're not actually making any money. If the property's vacant, we're not making any money. And so, you know, obviously the investor isn't either. And so ultimately our, you know, our interests are aligned not only to just have tenants paying rent, but they're also aligned to keep increasing the rent each year. Because if we increase the rent, uh, you know, even 30 bucks across 4,000 units, that's, you know, significant. Um, So uh, that's one. Uh, One creative thing that uh, one of our investors uh, did was, um, and this was, uh, you know, I I wouldn't say you can always replicate this, but we have seen some of our investors even include the private management company as an equity holder in the asset, either through having them be an investor in the building or creating some other kind of equity slice if they hit certain targets. Um, We've actually done both of those. We've actually been an investor in a syndication where we were ultimately the uh, prime manager for the for the syndicated property, and we also have done some agreements where if we hit certain milestones, uh, the prime manager company got a small equity stake. And man, I really like that kind of creative thinking um, because again, it's just anything you can do to kind of align investor and prime management company. You just know everyone's kind of rowing in the same direction. Yeah, abs- absolutely. I mean, that, that is just so cardinal. Um, now, big f- forte of yours, Chad, is technology. <laughs> and that's, that's, your, that's, that's the space that, uh, that you flourish in. And you'd mentioned at the top of the show, technology in property management. Where do you think property management itself is headed? And how does uh, technology dovetail into this, uh, yeah, into the future of property management? Yeah, so I think a couple of things. I think one thing I think about is everybody, everyone's heard the quote, real estate's local. And if you think about that quote and really, really dig into what that means, I think one reason why that's the case is because historically, access to data and information has been so difficult. And I think that what we're now seeing is the, the technology is leading to better access of information and data. And because of that, I think you're starting to see uh, property management companies and really real estate companies in general be able to, one, become tech companies, but then two, actually grow to not just be limited in one town where they live their whole life, but to actually create an operation that maybe scales multiple states, multiple cities. Um, I mean, that, we're doing that, but we're not the only one. And there's this huge push that we're seeing just in really the last couple of years. And I think ultimately the reason for that is up until now, there wasn't that access to information and it was just so hard to scale because so much of the business was manual and, and who you knew. And now uh, tech allows that to scale so much nicer than it did before. And so that touches, I mean, that, I mean ultimately my, my answer here is it's not just property management that touches really all parts of real estate. And so we're seeing investors invest out of state at a much higher clip than before because they feel confident both they're able to access the data to make a decision, but also to check in on their asset 
using reporting and data and, you know, even something like uh, FaceTime where they're able to kind of see a virtual tour of what's going on, you know, in a way where maybe three, five years ago wasn't quite as simple. Uh, and so, I, you know, I really think what you're going to see is real estate companies and investment uh, entities really scaling up who are really using that tech to scale so that real estate doesn't just become this hyper-local industry that's so fragmented. I think you're going to start to see some consolidation and start to see some, uh, both on the investment side and the prime management side, see some entities get a little bit larger. I think that's really a good thing for everyone. It's going to make the industry easier to interact with, easier for high net worth individuals to um, essentially put more money into real estate and know, uh, you know, be able to kind of better uh, estimate what their outcomes are going to be um, than they probably could have five, 10 years ago. Yeah, lots of exciting stuff. So you mentioned you guys are already in four states and growing. What states are you currently operating in? Yeah, so we're in uh, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Maryland, and Virginia. Uh, and we'll be opening up Ohio here uh, as well in the fall. And, uh, you know, I mean, like I said, even five years ago, I'm, I'm not sure there was more than one or two prime management companies in the whole country who operated in more than, you know, who operated in like five states like that. Uh, but I think, you know, kind of where the world's going, now we're able to do it. And, and we don't think it's crazy to think in the future, you know, this company could be managing 30, 40,000 units. Fantastic. And obviously you're in the technology space. So you're always studying and learning and reading and so forth. And that's a habit that I've observed from wealthy and successful people is that they're always studying new subjects and learning new skills. What are you currently studying? Uh, have you any books you want to share and what skill sets are you currently learning? Yeah. So things I'm studying. Um, so, I mean, I'll tell you one thing that's kind of interesting. We, um, we read a lot of the, um, a lot of public companies uh, in the tech space who release their earnings. We read those with a lot of intent. Uh, so I think about a company like Zillow, super interested in terms of, even though you know, our company doesn't really compete with Zillow in any way, uh, we're really intent of what kind of tech are they leveraging? How are they doing it? What are they talking to their investors about? Uh, we find that's a that's a pretty interesting little barometer for where the world's going, and in what technologies those companies are rolling out. Um, everything from uh, Facebook's cryptocurrency to Zillow trying to flip properties from kind of a holistic nationwide approach. Uh, these are the kind of things we think about. Is you know, and, and it's interesting because you guys start to make some bets of what what's going to play out and be successful and what's going to be a dud. But we, we try to study what, what are these kind of public tech companies doing and talking about spending their time and then think, okay, how does that impact us both from a strategy, but also where are there places that we need to leverage um, other assets in, in this late house business? Great. Now, a core message in our show is to leave our families, communities, and the world better than we found it by passing down a mindset, values, and principles to future generations, not just money. 
So if you cannot pass on any money to future generations and we're only allowed to pass on three principles to them to build wealth and achieve happiness and success, what would they be? Yeah, so it's a, by the way, killer question. Uh, that's probably the best uh, final question I've ever gotten asked on a podcast, at least that I can think of. Um, so uh, my first is something I believe really strongly in, which is take a lot of shots. Uh, and by the way, I don't mean uh, liquor shots, although I, I guess that would be enjoyable too. Um, well, you know, I just, I, I think that, uh, look, the, the more chances you take at trying to hit success, you're definitely going to increase your odds. And, and so we've just, we've always believed, or I've always believed in just taking a lot of shots. And I think if you take a lot of shots, some of them are going to fall. And I think that that's a great strategy for no matter what you want to do in life. Um, the, the second is, uh, and man, this just sounds so cliche, but I find it's just so much easier to be honest <laughs> and, and I'm not even just talking, I mean, yes, it's a better way to live life. Yes. It's going to lead to better relationships. And, and I think all of that makes a lot of, I think most people kind of agree with that, but the other thing I found is it just makes life simpler. If you're not trying to cover things up, if you're just honest with, with someone, um, you know, with my wife, and this is going to sound crazy, but I, you know, I, she has free reign to my cell phone, my email, my text. Nothing is kind of kept away. I, I just don't try to hide anything. I find it's just, man, it just makes life so much simpler. Yeah. <laughs> just an easier way to live life uh, than trying to remember, you know, what, what story you told someone or this or that. Um, so I think that's a good one. And then my last one is, um, I think that like going through life and, and this applies to both your personal life, your business life. I find that, um, you know, in your life, you might meet, you're going to probably meet hundreds of thousands of people, but along the way, there's going to be like five to 10 that, you know, you, you kind of can get to know on a different level. And I, and I find that those relationships can, can change your life. And, and I know they have for me. Um, I mean, in my business, uh, just about all of the groomsmen, for example, in my wedding are either in our business or have partnered with our business or clients of our business. Um, and I just, I just find that if you can kind of, you know, when you meet those, just those core, those people who just, they have the same, way of thinking you do the way they their goals are maybe the same you kind of slow down and and build a really deep relationship that, that can hopefully last 10 20 30 years i find that that's when things get really powerful uh you know as opposed to that kind of that surface level relationship where you you know you, you meet someone you you know them a little bit it's just different than when you kind of really go deep with someone and know them over a long period of time you can uh, you can really do some some game changing things, whether that be in your personal life of just an amazing relationship, whether that be your spouse or a business partner or a best friend. Um, again, it sounds kind of cliche, I guess, but I just find those those top five ten relationships are just so incredibly meaningful and long lasting that kind of when you find one of those, really slowing down and taking the time to nurture it makes a lot of sense. 
Absolutely. And I appreciate you sharing that. Chad, where can my listeners follow you? Where can they reach out to you? And maybe you want to touch on your great podcast as well, Real Estate Hackers. Yeah. So uh, we did just launch uh, a podcast, Real Estate Hackers. Um, The whole point of the podcast is both to speak to some of the kind of investors that we've gotten to know along the way that we really look up to, uh, but also to talk about just how do people in real estate create systems and tech to scale? Uh, and so we, you know, we talk to a lot of different people across the space who are using systems to scale, uh, using technology, which we're really passionate about and we think leads to a really, really fun conversation. Um, so you can find that on, if you go to realestatehackers.com or uh, just search real estate hackers in any of the local podcasts. And then our company's website is Slate housegroup.com um, and so you can you can find us there or just email me directly uh, at chad at slatehousegroup.com and yeah look forward to uh, hopefully getting to know some of your listeners uh, over the years as well Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your journey and your knowledge and just providing so much value for my listeners. Chad, uh, appreciate you and uh, appreciate you coming on the show and spending some time with us. Yeah, I love what I love what you're doing here. And I know we're going to have you out to some of our real estate hackers events. Uh, we also do hold some meetups uh, and, and have some folks. Uh, they're, they're, the meetups are free. I know we're excited to have you and, and some other folks uh, in your clan, uh, come, come speak to us and, uh, and all, all of our, uh, all the folks that attend our events to just, you know, keep getting smarter and, and make better decisions. Fantastic. Thanks. Thanks again, Chad. You got it. Thanks for having me. Life settlement investments have allowed financial and banking institutions to not only buy their equity contractually, but also diversify their capital from any economic market and geopolitical risk. It's been part of the billion dollar blueprint followed by institutional investors. And if you're an accredited investor, you can also now participate in this vehicle with enormous growth potential. You can watch an informational webinar presented by one of the premier organizations providing life settlement investments for number of solutions at cashflowninja.com forward slash life settlements. Thank you again for joining me on the Cashflow Ninja. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here, please subscribe, rate, and write a review for our show on iTunes and share our show with family, friends, and your network. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can sign up for our newsletter at CashflowNinja.com. I want to thank you for spending your most precious resource with me today, your time. Until next time, my friend, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms.
This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation, and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.